good morning and welcome to another episode of the Wealth Guardians radio show. Thank you so much for spending some of your uh, weekend uh, time with us. We really appreciate it. I'm Doug Ray. Here with me is Bryce Payne. Interesting dichotomy with what's going on. And what I'm talking about is markets had a big run this week. And you would think in the light of all these riots and everything, it would be just the opposite. I, I don't understand it. I honestly don't understand it. Well, let me tell you what What uh, one of my very first mentors in this business told me. Hillier was a great guy. He was uh, at the tail end of his career with Merrill Lynch. He had run Merrill Lynch in London, North Carolina boy, and wanted to come home for his final career. And I was very fortunate for him to be one of my managers and mentors. And He taught me technical analysis. But he also said to me, He said, uh, you're going to find out that the market uh, is all-knowing, and it is predicting events six months to a year ahead of time. And I thought back then, I said, that's just crazy talk. Mm. And he told me, he said, now, I know you don't believe it right now, but in a year or two, you're going to believe it. Well, again, he was right. (laughs) It does. The market is savvy. So what it's doing, it's looking at the future, Mm -hmm. and right now, it's saying the future's better than where we are. Yeah. I'm crossing my fingers. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, we are in some interesting times right now that uh, heard somebody mentioning that this is the uh, one of the worst financial crises right now that we're going through since uh, the Great Depression. This is one of the worst uh, healthcare epidemics that we've gone through since the 1918 uh, Spanish flu. And it is some of the uh, worst uh, racial tensions that we've gone through since the uh, 1960s. So yeah. all three of those, putting them on the plate, all we're waiting for now is the alien invasion, Doug, and we've got yeah. ourselves the uh, trifecta there. Yeah, I, I, I remember the 68 riots, and I just I just pray this resolves itself peacefully. It's oh, we just, all do. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous, uh, totally ridiculous. Yeah. Well, listen, we've got some uh, listener questions to get to. It's one of my favorite parts of the, of the show. Absolutely. We, uh, we do this about once a month, folks. We go to our listeners who uh, write us in or uh, call and Ask us questions on the uh, voicemail box there, and uh, we write down some of the more interesting ones and read them back to you and see if we can provide an adequate answer for you. So, Doug, let's start things off here. Um, Listener question number one comes from Marshall in Kernersville, and Marshall says, I have a variable annuity, and I just found out that the fees are very high. Well, welcome to variable annuities. Exactly. I And he says, I'd like to move the money elsewhere, uh, but I'd have to pay a penalty to take it out. Yes, again, welcome to the world of variable annuities. Is it worth the penalty to get away from the high fees? And Doug, I'll say the short answer. My favorite one. It depends. It depends. And I'll let you uh, (laughs) chime in here with the longer answer, and I'll see if I can add anything. Yeah, you know, uh, Marshall, you really need to have a really uh, detailed evaluation of, of your situation, including... How long have you been in it? What's your return been? What are the surrender charges? Is that annuity meeting your ultimate goal? I mean, a lot goes into this. Uh, what are the investments you're considering replacing yeah, it with? Exactly. And um, I wish I could answer your question in more detail, but without knowing more, we just can't. And I would invite you to give us a call and come in. We'll be glad to sit down and and evaluate your situation with you. And that is a great question, Marshall. And if anybody else out there finds themselves in, whether it's an annuity or some other type of investment that you're now starting to second guess, or maybe wondering, should you be second guessing it? By all means, give us a call because Marshall is not the only one out there 
I can guarantee you, who is now starting to think, hmm, maybe this wasn't the best thing for me or my advisor to have gotten me into. And uh, as Doug says, I think one of the key questions there is, how long have you been in it? Because the, the the fees and the penalties are steeper the less time that you've been in it. The longer you go, the fees and penalties tend to be a little bit less. So, uh, Marshall, uh, go ahead, Doug. Well, I was just going to add this. I, I said as a general rule, speaking for Bryce, too, but I know I know how he feels, We're, we generally do not like variable annuities. Uh, there's just better alternatives out there. In fact, I've said this many times. I think eventually – in the not-too-distant future, variable annuities is going to be an obsolete Probably extinct. Uh, investment platform. Yeah, I've never seen one where you can do something, whatever your goal you're trying to accomplish, that there isn't something else that you can do it better with than a variable annuity. Less fees means. and less risk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Marshall, uh, again, uh, 336-391-3409 is our phone number. If you would like to give us a call and set up an appointment, we would love to uh, sit down with you and give you the full answer to that. And, Doug, our next question is going to be coming from Samantha in Greensboro. Hello, Samantha. She says, Doug and Bryce, unless something goes horribly wrong, we should be leaving a significant amount of money to our kids. Oh, very good. Congratulations, Samantha and the kids. But I can't decide if we should tell them about our plans now. I guess she means of leaving them the money. Or just let it be a surprise. I'm certain they have no idea at this point what our net worth is like. Boy, Doug, that's a that's an interesting question. Yeah, <laughs> I I would speak from my point of view that my kids, I wouldn't want my kids to know too much about what I might be leaving them. One, because I would be afraid that that might just uh, instill a lackadaisical sense of um, trying to save on their end. That they think, oh well, I've got my safety net coming whenever dad goes away so i don't have to worry too much about saving so i would personally my view would be kind of keep it on the on the down low a little bit and instill in them the need for them to save on their own and then if they get something in the end that's a bonus for them but what what would be your approach to that well samantha bryce brings up a good point because everybody's different and my response to your situation is i would bring my boys involved uh both my sons uh, know how to handle money. They are very competent. They have great jobs. Uh, so I have no problems with them knowing what our situation is. Uh, and in fact, we have already started to disseminate some of that information to them, you know, just in case. But again, in your situation, uh, again, we need to know a little bit more about your, your situation, your family. Are your children competent with money? Are they not? How old are you? How old are they? Uh, just what the situation is. But, um, you know, our favorite answer is it, it depends. depends. So, the, <laughs> so the takeaway from that, Samantha, would be that there isn't a hard and fast rule of thumb for this. It's going to depend on you and the relationship with your kids, what kind of kids they are, how old they are. And Doug makes a very legitimate point uh, about the way he's approached it. I think my point is legitimate as well. It's just going to depend on uh, who your kids are and what your relationship is with them and what you ultimately want the uh, the goals for the monies to be as well. So, folks, uh, I mean, already you've seen from the first two questions, there are, you know, a lot of, of questions running around in your mind out there. And if, if we've touched on something Give us a call. I really would like to meet with you. Sit down uh, and talk to us uh, here in the office. We can talk uh, on the phone, do a virtual meeting, uh, all that stuff. And, and uh, you know, we do a thorough job of, of retirement planning and, and uh, I think do probably one of the best jobs in the entire uh, state in terms of helping our clients through tough times like we're going through now. So I, I invite you. Uh, the number 336 391 
1-800-273-1109, or you can go on our website at thewealthguardians.com. Bryce, we got time for, I think, one question, then your trivia. Okay, so we'll do one more question here, and this is from coming from Tom from High Point. And he says, we have a lot of big travel plans once we retire. Very good, I do too. Including destinations on all seven continents. Okay, all seven I don't know what you'd see on the north one, but okay. Do we need to plan on having even more income in retirement than we have right now? Wow. <laughs> uh, talk about needing some more information than, than, than what Tom is giving us up front there, Tom. I understand that uh, you're limited on how much time you've got there before the beep sounds, and you've got to make it quick. But uh, we would definitely need more information than that. I don't know what your current income really looks like right now, Doug. Tom, you need to get in here right now. Uh, I could tell you seven continents. Yes, you're going to need more income. Probably, unless you're already traveling to seven, con- <laughs> unless you're on the plane most of the time right now. Anyway, you're going to need more income than what you're coming up uh, with these days. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you need to figure out what's it going to cost you for for all seven continents, and then work backwards. But come in, please. I'd, I'd like to hear your story. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I love I love that reverse engineering approach too. I do that all the time. My wife hates it, but I love it. But, Doug, when somebody has retirement plans and they have travel as part of the retirement plans, you don't generally travel if you retire at 65 or 70. You're not traveling for the entire existence of your retirement if you're living into your 90s. Generally, you're traveling more in the first 10 years or so, and then you start slowing down to eventually a point where you're not really – going out much at all exactly yeah. so he's got a lot of these plans he's going to be the expenses for travel are going to be compacted more in the initial years and not so much in the later years all right let's get to your trivia question all right doug you uh i've known you for now a couple of years and if i'm not mistaken you are a father i am and tell me about uh, tell me about your kids two boys uh 35 and uh, what 33 35, 33, a couple mm-hmm. of grandkids. A couple of grandkids. Uh, they are three and two. And uh, the boys, one works for Amazon. The other one works for Anheuser-Busch. Okay, very good. And uh, I as well am a father. Uh, my daughter, Aspen, down in Charlotte, going to Queens University, is twenty going to be 22 this year. Uh, so I've been a father for over two decades, and you've been a father for over three decades. And mm-hmm. what happens every June? Father's Day. Father's Day. All right. So that means we get a complimentary round of golf and a tie, right? And, and usually the U.S. Open, but... All right. Well, usually. <laughs> usually. But uh, how many ties have you got stowed away from uh, June, all these June? Yeah, no, the I've, been, I've been lucky. The boys hadn't been giving me ties. They give me some, some pretty nice stuff, though. Well, my daughter is... Uh, is um, Art-oriented, so she always does something very nice art-wise. So, Doug, my question is a simple question for everybody out there, a lighthearted question. When did Father's Day become a national holiday? Mm. Good question. It wasn't last year, and it wasn't in 1776. Those are the only two clues I'm going to give you. So we will be back after a few messages here, folks. Stick with us for the answer to that trivia question. You're listening to the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. And welcome back. It's the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. This is Bryce Payne, and uh, Doug Ray is still here in the studio with me. We appreciate you sticking around through the break, and uh, I know the reason that you stuck around was because I asked that awesome trivia question. When did Father's Day become a national holiday? we got Father's Day coming up, and to all you fathers out there, happy Father's Day this month. 
So the question was, when did we celebrate the first Father's Day as a national holiday? And Doug, why don't you take a stab at that? He doesn't know the answer, folks. I don't even have a guess. <laughs> well, you've got to have a guess. That's, that's your job right now is to give All me right. a date. Uh, yeah, okay. How about guess uh, right after World War One? Oh, no. Though it's interesting that you say that. Uh, Father's Day became a national holiday in 1972. Really? So, yeah, so I guess that would be uh, 1972. That would be Nixon. Yes, would it, it would. Not? It okay. would. Okay, that would be Nixon who made that national holiday. The funny thing about that, though, is that it had been celebrated in locales ever since 1910. Hmm. Washington State was the first one to celebrate it on a, on a statewide but uh, it didn't become a national holiday until 1972. But here's the funny thing. Doug, do you know when Mother's Day became a national holiday? You know, I was about to ask what came first. Yep. I, I would guess Mother's Day came first. Mother's Day came first. In fact, it came 58 years prior to 1972. Uh, okay. That would be Woodrow Wilson right. made Mother's Day. So mothers have been getting the, the sweet end of the gig there for quite some time. It's about time we got to play a little golf with no guilt there once in a while. Well, I was close with World War One, just the wrong Yeah, that's why, that's why I said it was interesting <laughs> that you said that because that's exactly what was going through my mind there. So, all right, folks. Well, uh, thank you again for sticking around. And now we've uh, entered the second segment of our show here at the Wealth Guardians. And this is, you know, Doug and I, uh, we read a, a number of articles on finances and whatnot. And I have always been struck by people who comment. I guess they're called the keyboard warriors. Uh, and so we recently were doing that dangerous game of perusing the comments section of a recent article about COVID-19 and, of course, all the impacts on retirees, etc., uh, how much money you're going to need to retire and going forward. The trip into the comments section is always a mixed bag, Doug. It's, there's, there's trolling. There's inaccuracies. Um, there's sometimes surprisingly helpful insight from what we've uh, come to describe as those keyboard warriors. So we jotted down a couple of our favorite comments that we thought that we might be able to talk about here on the second part of the show. So we're doing something a little bit different here. So let's take a look at some of the sentiments that uh, we found under this recent article and see if they resonate with how others truly see the financial world, retirement, and how best to prepare for it all. So, Doug, the first comment that I jotted down, it was, folks, it's not that hard to figure out. I've been living on $1,000 a week for two years now, and that includes continuing to save, and I have a good existence, good enough for me. Well, of course, as soon as I saw that, I, I wrote that one down saying, okay, we, we need to talk about this person's comment. $1,000 a week, Doug, that's $4,000 a month. What are your thoughts on that? My first thought uh, when I read this was, uh, gee, this dude's an expert. Two years in retirement. Has he even thought about inflation? You know? Thought about inflation? I uh, wondered, did he retire uh, before age 65 when he had to be responsible for his own health care? Exactly. Does he have a mortgage? Exactly. Because you have kids that he's – Exactly. Or grandkids that he's responsible for. I'm guessing uh, – now, that that's kind of an average. That that, that doesn't strike me as an, an insanely uh, large amount to be living off of, or, or it's not a particularly um, tight budget either. So it falls within the realm of normal, I think, of what we see. But what did strike me about this, Doug, is how many people come in to sit down with us who are thinking about retiring and trying to you know get some professional help on retiring – and they don't know what their budget is. Oh, gee, that happens more than often. I, I think more often than people who do come in and say, this is what we need to live on. We've already done the math. More often than not, they say, well, let's plan somewhere between two and $4,000, which, yeah. which is like saying, well, I have somewhere between 100000 and $1 million in retirement. Well, that doesn't help me. 
I need, I need to know a little bit more detail than that. So what were your thoughts on that $4,000 a month, $1,000 a week? Well, you know, again, I mean, that may be perfect for him. Everybody's different. I yeah. mean, we don't know if he's married. We don't know what kind of retirement goals they have. I mean, you can't really travel much if that's a goal, just 1000 a week. That's true. Are you considering the annual expenses that don't normally get factored into your monthly expenses? Mm-hmm. Christmas gifts, vacations, as you said, etc. So um, just because it works for one person, I think the takeaway here is it's not necessarily going to make, make it a right fit for the next people down the line. Who are, uh, who are thinking of retiring. Okay, the next comment, Doug, the one I jotted down, then I'll turn it over to you. I really don't know how anyone retires these days. With bonds paying about 0% and stocks in 1929 levels, that's a little bit of a uh, hyperbole there. Oh, yeah. It, it ain't going to come from gains in your portfolio. Even if you retire with $1 million, it's not that much when you consider you could live 30 years or more in retirement. Well, he's right, or she's right. Uh, a lot to unpack in here, too, because... Uh, Dead spot on. I mean, uh, bonds and CDs sure aren't paying anything, and that's what typically retirees depended on uh, for their uh, retirement income. Stocks have a component of risk, although we're obviously not against stocks. We think some uh, ought to be uh, part of the portfolio, but they need to be managed. And um, in this environment, you know, you need to have some kind of downside volatility control on them. As far as bonds are concerned, we've been replacing bonds for years because they just don't have any yield to them. And there definitely are alternatives out there. There so. are. There are. Uh, and I think this, this, this person's comment ties nicely into our previous comment. It says, even if you retire with $1 million, it's not that much when you consider you could live 30 years or more in retirement. Well, that's true. You could live 30 years or more in retirement. But $1 million might be enormously adequate, but it depends on what your budget is. If you're living on $4,000 a month, then that could very well be more than enough for you. If you're living on $7,000 a month, no, you're probably going to run into problems at some point. But folks, there are a lot of people out there who when they do their budget, they're keeping it around $2,000, under $3,000 a month. So please don't think, gosh, based on what Doug and Bryce just said, if I don't have a million dollars, there's no point in me even going to a retirement planner because I don't have enough to it. That is not true. We help people all the time who have only a fraction of that kind of money set aside for retirement, and we find a way for their budget for us to provide the income that they need in retirement. So please don't take that as set in stone that if you don't have a million dollars, there's no point in going to a professional or no point in trying to plan for retirement. There absolutely is. We even did a show a few weeks back about what is my number, and everybody's number is different. It absolutely is different, yep. All right, Doug, you go ahead and take, uh, you wrote down a couple as well here. Yeah, here's an interesting one. It says, I upped my contributions to my 401k during the COVID pandemic, so much so that I can barely get by right now. Hmm. But I'm trying to take advantage of the market while it's down, and hopefully it'll pay off later. So you take that one. Yeah, I think the actual, the response to that one was good move. You're going to do well with that kind of financial discipline. Well, that, that is true. I mean, this person understands that you want to buy the dips when the market is down low, maybe can do those extra contributions into your 401k if your paycheck will allow it and your maximums, you're not already maxing out your 401k. That would be the right times to throw in the additional money. So you're being disciplined there. That is good. I like the idea of it. But the market doesn't go down forever, and that doesn't mean that you should be not having the money in savings and your emergency funds or... Well, the other thing is, you know, if this is forcing you to 
just be able to eat a can of beanie weenies a day. Right. I mean, you're, 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 you know, the market's up now. What I would do if I were you is go ahead and slack off your contributions for now and get yourself a more reasonable uh, living standard. It's okay to be prudent, but not to the extreme. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think you're on the right track, but uh, be a little bit easier on yourself. Yeah, and that, you know, Doug, that strikes me is that that person seemed like they would have been somebody who listened to this show. And for those of you who are listening to the show, what that tells me is a few things about you because you're probably like most of our clients. And it tells us a couple of things, Doug. Well, yeah, when it comes to taxes, you know, you're very happy, okay, even to pay your fair share, but you don't want to overpay. I don't. I don't either. Okay. You want a good return on your investments. You're also concerned about taking too much risk. And on the flip side, you'd be happy to ensure that you'd never lose any money, but you also don't want to fall behind to inflation. You have more important things to worry about than trying to keep up with what the stock market's doing every single day. And that seems to be what that person was, was yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really why it's so important to get a review of your financial situation and a customized retirement plan, which is absolutely what we do. And the reason you want to do that is you can address these things that are on your mind and eliminate all that time that you spend worrying about your finances and about retirement. Just ask yourself, if you're listening to this right now, How much time, a month or a week, do you spend worrying about your finances in retirement? Now, you added that up. Wouldn't you rather put that time and energy into almost anything else? I know my wife loves to garden, so I I know that she would rather put that time into gardening. And mine, too. And look, you know, if you've done a good job preparing for retirement and you want some help answering all the outstanding questions about your retirement, just give us a call. You know, set up that complimentary financial review. There is no cost. There's no obligation with this review, just like we've said many, many times before. It's just a chance for us to meet, talk about things, things that are on your mind, and find out what's the best way we can plan for your retirement. And if you want to do that, if it sounds like we know what we're talking about and we're making sense and you're asking yourself or you're saying to yourself, hmm, I haven't done as much planning for retirement, even though I'm a few years away from retirement, as these guys on the radio are saying that maybe I should have. So why don't I give them a call? It's not going to cost me anything. That's true. It's not going to cost you anything. I'm under no obligation. That's true. You're under no obligation to do that. So all you got to do is give us a call. Our phone number is 336-391-3409. And I'll give it to you again. 336 391-3409. We'll give you a free plan review and a second opinion on what you're currently doing. You can also visit us at thewealthguardians.com and just click the blue button. That's all you got to do, folks, and we'll take it from there for you. We'll make it very easy. So, Doug, uh, let's move on here to another comment that we uh, noted here when we were reading that COVID-19 article. And the person said, the market is only down 10%. They put a couple explanation marks after that. If your retirement plans can't weather a 10% market drop, then you can't afford to retire. Keep working. Well, that's Hmm. at the face of it. That's not true at all. I mean, the fact of the matter is uh, everybody's different. But being down 10% in what market drop? If you're down 10% mm. in a 2008 environment, that's pretty good. That's, that's not what, bad. That's our goal. That's what we're trying to build our portfolios to do. Right. But if you're down 10% and the market's only down 5%, you've got something wrong going on. Yeah, and uh, but there is, there is a little bit of truth to what the person is saying. I think the sentiment that they were trying to get across there is – 
it's very difficult, even in retirement, to get away from the market volatility as a whole. And so 10% drops at some point in your retirement are probably going to be a reality. And if that's going to sink you, then maybe you need to not be retiring. Now, I don't know that I agree with that necessarily, but I understand where the commenter was coming from. And again, folks, if you think, if, if that says something to you like, hmm, I probably can't stomach a 10% uh, drop in retirement, then you do need to come see a financial planner like us, fiduciaries, retirement specialists, and help you figure out what kind of uh, risk you are susceptible to currently and what type of risk you should be susceptible to. We can help you quell those risks and take some of the volatility out of your portfolio as you're in retirement. And uh, Doug, I don't think we have time for uh, anything more. What are you doing for the rest of the weekend here? Uh, I think we're going to probably just work around the yard a little bit and just kick back. Okay. All right. Well, I wish you all the best. I am going to go out right now and try to get a game or two of golf in over the weekend. And uh, I look forward to seeing you back in the office on Monday. And folks out there, thank you for tuning in. We always appreciate you listening in. And we will check out with you again right here at the same time next week. Have a good weekend. Take care, folks. 